Right, it's time to spend some time in the garden and a pleasure to welcome back to the studio Cherise Villion of Cherish Plants, who you know from many years of commentating on Cape Talk is a, a, a qualified master's degree in horticulture, more than two decades experience in the botanical garden and nursery environments and here to talk to you about your gardening challenges, particularly if they involve indigenous plants. It really is her field of specialty. But having said that, Cherise, firstly, welcome. And Thank of course, you. to those listening, send a voice note or call in if you've got a question. But February is a really tough month in the garden, isn't it's it? It's a really tough month. Everything's crispy. Honestly, Pippi, you're just watering and mulching and watering and mulching and pulling a few weeds and pruning a few deadheads. And that's it. You can start counting your seeds because next month you can sow seeds. Okay. But that's it, really. So not a heck of a lot to tell people what to do. So we thought, in fact, that today we'd turn the tables on the audience. What do you want them to do? I want them to please give me their best advice they ever received or alternatively what they wish they'd known years ago that they now know obviously Um, and I had some fun and I googled it because I have my own favorite tips that I like to share and it was so sweet google was all about self-care it said if you're going to garden scrape your nails over a bar of soap so that the soap sits under your nails and washes the dirt out really easily afterwards it said be sure to wear a hat and sunscreen (laughs) please get a little folding chair and sit on it and then there was some plant advice so like let's keep it on the plants not the people but there you are for your self-care in the garden I've given it to you I do like that tip about the soap very That's a very useful. clever one. Okay, particularly if you're somebody who bites your nails and doesn't like chewing into uh-huh. the remnants of the gardening trip that was. Okay. That's it. But if you would like to send us your best tip in the garden, you're actually going to offer a little prize to the best of the day. I thought we could make it fun. And I'm holding one of my propagation workshops, which are getting more and more popular. This is a level two, so it's hardwood and semi-hardwood cuttings. It's on the 2nd of March at Montebello in collaboration with Elderflower, although I also collaborate with the flower cafe and the potter's market I am going to offer the best advice that we get today the person who gives that free attendance to my workshop which is quite a substantial prize I might add so that's lovely okay so if you would like to be in the running to attend that propagation workshop on the 2nd of March send us a WhatsApp text or voice we don't mind to 0725671567 the best piece of gardening advice you were ever given or what you wish you'd known when you started out as a gardener in the meantime we'll take a listen to our first voice note question which is already in shall we Good afternoon. I have a garden-related question. So I have a bottle brush tree that's about five meters high and it's living in a courtyard next to the boundary wall of my house. Um, And the courtyard is only about five by five meters. Um, I'm wondering if this bottle brush is at some point going to affect the foundation of my house and if I need to consider replacing with replacing it with something a little more indigenous and if so if you have any recommendations for something for a smallish courtyard that can provide beautiful shade in summer and also not have too much leaf litter that falls for cleaning in the autumn and and winter months Um, i'm also in the south peninsula so wind is definitely a consideration Mm. something that is wind tolerant thanks so much helen in lakeside 
Thanks, Helen. What suggestions for her, Sharice? Well, Helen, the bottle brush not being indigenous is always a small factor for me. However, it will do no harm to your house foundations. It might lift a fence eventually. They actually have quite polite root systems. And so you (laughs) could stick with your bottle brush, which is evergreen and doesn't shed too much. But an indigenous courtyard tree that is small and dainty and really lovely is indigophora or the river indigo, uh, indigophora frutescens. Uh, or Jukunda, I never. They keep changing the okay. name on me. Honestly, <laughs> I can't keep up. But these River Indico little trees are, are beautiful in the courtyard. However, let your bottle brush do its thing. The other great thing about them is they're prunable. So if it starts to get too tall, you can just lop off the top, and they tolerate that very well. That's good news indeed. I love your description of polite root system. That's not going to be too pushy <laughs> over things. I do like that one. Um, right. Uh, first piece of advice in from Katie, who was told, pick the initial flowers of fruit and veg plants to get them to grow bigger and fuller before their fruit. They'll produce far more. Otherwise, the first fruit sap all the energy and it was rest in peace for my vegetable. Rest in peas, as she very cleverly says. <laughs> okay, so that's, a, that's an interesting one. So don't let that first f- flower be the one that you allow to, to set. Yeah, absolutely. And if you pull it off, the plant panics and goes, what? That was that was my chance. I better make two or three more. Ah. And it can increase yields. That's a great piece of advice. I must say, Pippa, mm-hmm. although my job is to sit here and answer questions and give people good advice, I have learned more from the listeners mm-hmm. on Cape Talk than I think I've ever shared. So this is going to be fun. I might dispute that, but I, <laughs> uh, we learn something every time. That is for sure. We've got another question that's come in as a voice note from Dorothy, I believe. Let's take a listen. Hi, Cherise. It's Dorothy Deploy speaking. My one gardenia bush is looking very sad. It didn't flower at all this year, and I'm sure it got too hot. The bush right next to it looks much happier, but I'm not sure what to do to keep that bush alive. Do I prune it? Do I cut it right down? Is there a right time to cut it right down? I've given it some compost and some mulching. But please, do you have a solution for me? Thank you from Dorothy Deploy. Thanks, Dorothy. A hot and bothered gardenia. (laughs) I like that description. Oh, Dorothy, you know, and the most annoying thing is when you have two plants together close to each other and one thrives and one doesn't. And it's often a soil problem of some, some or catching a little bit more sun or a little bit more wind. I love the fact that you tried the compost. With gardenias, they can be quite hungry and they often lack magnesium. So try a dose of Epsom salts. The instructions for the dilution will be on the box. And try a little bit of Talborn organic fertilizer. I really like their fertilizers because they grade them. It's organic. So you can choose a 315, which will really help with health. The nitrogen in the front and the potassium in the end being high. And I would prune off any growth that's looking a little sad, even though that means this bush is going to be smaller than its friend, it's definitely a way to encourage it to come back a little stronger. Good luck, Dorothy. Gardenias can really try our patience. (laughs) Okay, good luck with that one. Mary's advice saying, well, I wasted so much money over the years on exotic plants just because I liked the look of them. I eventually learned to look around in the area to see what is best suited, which I think is very sage advice uh, to be applied widely. Uh, Another WhatsApp in from somebody saying the best advice I received is about 
lab fermentation to be lab fermentation to be used to feed my garden because i don't have space to prepare compost from scratch that is from washila are you familiar with i am not you can see my face is focused on you i'm like lab fermentation share more share more please um enlighten us washila because neither of us recognize the term so i'd be intrigued to learn a little bit more if you've got time to spend a follow-up uh we've got a voice note uh, or two as well let's take a listen Here's my best tip from the garden. If you've got a bay leaf tree, or if you know somebody with a bay tree, get a whole bunch of those leaves, uh, put them in your house, um, and you'll never have a cockroach again. But just be aware that they are toxic to dogs and cats. Uh So put it underneath the stove where the cat can't get to it, or put it in a a basket of some sort where, you know, the cat has to, uh, you know, just a place where it can't get to it, your, your dogs and your cats. And um, yeah, that works a treat. Another thing about the garden, if you've got runner moles, um, and uh, they're very hard to get rid of, and they're actually protected, another thing you can do is you take doggy doo and you throw it down the hole. And then you might have to do it on a second day, and that guy will disappear to the neighbor's place, I can assure you. My name is Dave. As would any of us if somebody was throwing dog poo at us today for the record. But thank you for that advice, and particularly the cockroach one. I have a, a child who seizes up in sheer horror at the sight of them so i'm gonna to have to go and try and find some bay leaf uh leaf, bay leaves to try another voice note hi papa flores here from Pusta. hi flores papa if anyone has naughty dogs like i have please if you're going to plant or work in the garden please make sure that your dogs are not in the vicinity otherwise you will find your plants and seedlings all stretched out (sighs) in your garden so yeah some dogs can be really cruel to us as owners yeah even though we love them to bits but please keep them away when you go and plant in the garden i have learned that thank you Thanks, Floris. I can just picture the scene. <laughs> and Floris, I have a bit of a tip for you. It's it's quite, uh, we get often advised to put phosphorus in the soil and phosphate, and that is the one in between our three one fives. But if we use bone meal, ooh, it's irresistible to the dog. So in oh. your case, you can't go organic. You have to rather go buy super phosphate, and it might just keep the dogs off it. Also to make a garlic spray, which yes. will help with pests and diseases. And you spray the plants with garlic and hopefully the dogs will not do it. But otherwise, yes, the dog's inside while you're outside. Best advice. Thank you for that, Floris. Back to the questions. Des in Table View has um, a hot and bothered azalea. She says, looking a bit sad. What can I do to revive it? I have started with acidic fertilizer. Should I have perhaps consider repotting? Yes, this is a great time of year to to repot them uh, before the winter sets in. And if they're still so sulky, a nice little shock of replant into fresh acidic soil with loads of compost worked in and as a mulch on top is a really good idea. And also prune back those little unhappy ends, but they are thirsty around this time of year. So just give them that little bit of extra water, extra compost. And I do say go ahead and shock it by giving it a potted. Let's take another voice note with some gardening advice. Hi, Sharice. I have a question regarding choosing the right pot. What is the difference whether you're using plastic or clay or concrete when choosing to put a plant in full sun? Um, Are there different benefits to the different types of pots? 
One is substantially easier to move <laughs> if it's made of plastic. But any other reason, uh, any other differences? Yes, absolutely. Mm. I actually really like this question. So cement pots um, can stay quite cool around the root zone and hold on to some water, which is great. Terracotta clay pots, I find dry too quickly. They really are so porous mm. and they collect salts. Um, I love the look of them, but I'm not fond of them when I'm watering often in the sun. So I actually quite like a decent plastic pot, particularly because they come in lighter colors. You get lovely pale green, pale blue and um, a gray now. So I wouldn't go for a black pot. Again, most roots are seeking to be cool and all the other pots can make them quite hot. So I would go for a plastic pot in the sun and that is my preference but it's a really lovely question thank you thanks so much thank you too to Temba in Lansdowne sharing some advice saying my best advice from I don't know whom exactly is to keep the hundreds of leaves that drop so naturally from my many trees alas not all of them endemic but they turn into the most wonderful organic compost um, the composters are out in full force today Sharice I'm impressed with how many people are making the effort to, to have their own compost heap going and it looks like it's paying off in terms of the garden health that follows September thank you very much for that advice um, let's squeeze in one last quick question from somebody who says I have a 16 year old potato bush uh, it has thrived until recently but now the leaves are suddenly so small shriveled and falling off what might be the cause of that is it just old Mm, it could be, but I always go digging around the soil to go see what's going on. And we've had a particularly hot, dry, windy summer. I mean, our summers are hot, dry and windy, mm. but occasionally or most times we have a three-day heat, some rain, three-day heat, some rain, like the pattern we're having today. Yeah. But we, have, we haven't been having those showers in between. So that really sounds like a drought problem to me. But go scratch around the root zone, which will be almost as big as the plant is. Feel in the soil, is too dry, is it too wet? Give it a bit of food if it's that old. You definitely need to compost with some fertilizer on top. And that should be able to give you your answer. Otherwise, I really just think it's having a bit of heat stress sulk. And hopefully it'll come out of it next year. From sulky plants to polite roots, we've gone through all the gambit of emotions in the garden today. Cherise Fillion, lovely to have you with us. And we'll put our heads together during the two o'clock news to choose the winner who will be joining Cherise at one of her uh, upcoming workshops. Thank you all for the enthusiastic responses. And Cherise, we'll talk again soon. Thank you.